You're listening to the Home Matters Podcast. Thanks for listening today. My name is Randy Brock. I'm a licensed real estate agent with Property Brokers of Minnesota in the state of Minnesota. And alongside are my friends and business partners, Ron and Lynn Whiteman. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing today? Happy and ready to go. Happy and ready to get bright eyed and, and bushy tail. Right today. Everybody's had their coffee today, and our special <laughs> guest is Todd Hansen, and we'll introduce him in just a little bit. Uh, so, how are things looking in the real estate world these days, Mr. Whiteman? You know, it's it's interesting. We are already the fifteenth day of January. Oh, can you? Can yeah. You? By the way, this uh, this podcast is brought to you by the overactive fire suppression <laughs> pump that is in the office next door. So it will be our occasional guest. We're going to hear it. I wish you. I've always wanted a Harley. I like to think of it as my my Harley that's in the next room. Someday when business is booming, I'm going to get that Harley and I'm going to fire it up during a podcast. Uh, Meanwhile. It's our special friend. It yes, is. It is. Um, you know, I'm not going to spend a long time, a lot of time on numbers, but it's been a while since I talked about actuals, and it's a good time so we know actually what we closed in in 2019, and we can talk about what the inventory looks like today. If you're a buyer, and if you're a buyer in this market today, um, you you have a, a good opportunity to to move in and buy something before the spring market hits. But looking at last year, we did actually close, and again, I use the parameters of single-family homes in Rochester because that really is the engine that drives our economy for several miles outside the outside of, of Rochester. So in the city of Rochester, single-family homes last year, we actually closed 1,834 single-family homes, which is a pretty average year for us. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an average good year. And uh, in looking at that, 66% of our inventory closed under the 300 mark. And I like to use 300 because that really describes where our market changes, 300 and under, 300 and over. Um, so then that leaves you know, 34% of it closing you know, above that. The average days on market in that price range, 29 days on the market, which is signals a very healthy, active, you know, we, we all have to be on the ball, whether you're looking at buying, selling, advising. We have to be on the ball and, and understand what's happening out there. And then just average days on market for the city as a whole was in that 45-day range, which there are communities across the country that would, would, would give a lot to be in a situation that we are here. It's very, oh, yeah. very, right. very consistent. So how that looks in, in respect to what our inventory is today, uh, very typical for January. Our inventory numbers are very low. We only have 190 houses for sale today. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. There, I think I saw 25 or so of them are under inspection, under contract. So that also this time of year, we see this this second week in January, the people who are looking Mm -hmm. and going to buy, uh, they're out buying. We sold, we've got sold one, getting ready to sell another one this week. So uh, that's good. But the interesting thing is we said that 66% of our sales last year we're under 300. Our current inventory, only 25% of the homes are priced under 300. So there is the balance that we keep talking about. You know that that if you're in that price point, um, your your choices in the inventory are are pretty low. Yeah, and a couple of observations from that price range too. Looking back at even December, which you think, all right, holidays, things are slow. But uh, I was out showing a house on Christmas Eve, and that good house for you. had yeah, it was fun. <laughs> it was good to get out and take a look. But that house did sell the day after, so they had two offers that he was looking at that the agent was looking at on Christmas Day. 
Yeah. So some houses move fast, some don't. But it was also, you know, you turn this new leaf going into the new year, and uh, we were just at open houses this last weekend for open our listings. Open houses were very busy and this weekend. And they were busy. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's not the weather. You know, it was a right. cold day. It was still, there was ice on some of the sidewalks, and yeah. the buyers were walking through that and coming on to take a look. So keep that in mind, too, if you are looking to buy. Again, it just speaks to our, our environment here where we tell people it doesn't matter if you're looking to sell or to buy, you know, 365 days a year we do business here with, with real estate. So um, it was we did have a good time at the open houses that we were at this weekend. You know, it's interesting. This is probably the first time I've ever seen this happen. And, and we've been doing real estate a long time. But the buyers, because the inventory is so low, the buyers were all looking at the same houses. And so they'd come in and they'd go, oh, I know you because they met them at the previous oh, open house. they probably start a support group together. <laughs> they could. So that was kind of funny. It got to be a joke. And one of them had a young daughter, and she was standing in the window waving goodbye to the other kids as they left the open house, so mm-hmm. they'd become friends while they were doing this. Well, the price point that you were in in Rochester, there's only 29 houses in the city for sale. So if they're looking for a two-story, you know, that number shrinks even more. So it is right. kind of... Right. It was, it was, like I said, it, it was unique to our open house on this weekend. And that might even sound like a lot to a buyer who hasn't gone out to look yet. Yeah. But you can actually get through 29 houses in the course of oh, yeah. three, four days. Yeah. Easy, if not even a little bit less if you're super motivated. Yeah. It depends on who's showing houses. It, Ron, it, Ron shows houses much faster than I do. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, all right, move along. Yes, move along. he does. <laughs> Turning lights out behind you. <laughs> no need to look behind that shower curtain. And me, I'm checking out the appliances saying you could bake cookies in here (laughs) so anyway we're just we're we're extremely optimistic for a great year and uh, if you have any questions with with respect to buying and selling always just reach out and give us a give us a call absolutely yeah and if you have a motivation to sell if that's what you're looking at it it is a good time now considering the low inventory and of course into the spring or whenever you're ready but it's it's any time there's not a magic month yeah, what people don't understand is our spring market really does start anytime. I mean, within the next week or so, we're going to mm-hmm. see what we call spring market, even though our weather doesn't reflect spring so much. Awesome. Thanks for the update, Ron. Yeah, yeah. And Lynn, you're going to introduce our guest for the day. Well, I'm excited to. Um, Todd, we've known Todd. Um, I was trying to remember exactly when we met. I know it was just shortly after we moved here, if not right out the gate of when we first moved here. Um we moved here in 91. So we've been, Todd has, is worn a lot of hats um, as we've known him. And right now today he's wearing two hats. And we're going to talk specifically about one of those, um, one of those journeys that he's on. And so we're excited. Uh, We met him in a coffee shop and he kind of was telling us what what his side job was, and it and it really piqued our interest. And so we're excited, and we think a lot of people will be interested in what you're doing, Todd. Why, thank you. Yeah, it's exciting. I appreciate you inviting me here, and I'm looking forward to sharing my uh, my journey, yeah. uh, the uh, whole inventor journey. Yes, he's an inventor, and that I mean, in my mind, that's just that's a really special mind that comes up and creates, and not only dreams about, but actually creates a product which is what you've done so tell us about your product well yeah oh we could we could find out who he is first oh we We're, could yeah. <laughs> yeah tell us about all the hats you wear what is over it? all of that <laughs> people so might want to know who me. todd is so because oh, you, you obviously live here tell are you from I live here? here i live here in rochester i grew up in wisconsin 
Um, we won't hold that against you. Yeah, please. I, was, <laughs> I moved from Madison was the last place I lived. Oh, in, that's right? a great city. And I, but I grew up in the La Crosse area, so I'm really not far from home. Uh, in fact, when we moved here, my daughter was um, one years old, and uh-huh. it was probably just far enough away from my parents, if that makes any sense. Yes. Where at least they had to call before they showed up because <laughs> we were the first grandchild. <laughs> so, um, so no, we um, we chose Rochester because it was well. It was an affordable place to live, mm-hmm. and it was beautiful and clean, and um, you know we felt very welcomed when we came to visit. And so when I was looking at job opportunities to make a change, and Rochester was just it fit, and it was we've enjoyed it ever since. Well, we've been here twenty five years. And when so what year was that? Ninety five. Ninety five. So it was just after we <clears throat> just we came. after yeah. we moved. Yeah. So, so and then you were with Wells Fargo initially. No, I started out here in the automobile industry. Oh, you did? So I worked for, um, first came to, to Rochester working for Tom Kedlek. Okay. Um, I did sales and finance and sales management with them. And then I, I spent seven years with Adamson Motors. Okay. Before I moved over to uh, Wells Fargo. Okay. And um, it's interesting how you end up in different places. Yeah. You know, my, uh, it was a good customer of mine that uh, at Adamson's that invited me to look at Wells Fargo and well, here I want, here I am. That's so, great. Yeah, it's um, it's the relationships you build. It you know, is. We were talking about that earlier, and you know, when you find people that you connect with and have the same or similar uh, values, mm-hmm. I mean, then then you know you've got a you know a good relationship. And you're in a support role with Wells Fargo, or what do you do there? Yeah, right now I'm in a support role. I um, I help manage the impacts of software updates to our end users. Which sounds very technical, but it's mostly a relationship position okay. where I need to make sure that my my end users, my loan officers, the team team members that are using the software, uh, aren't negatively impacted by you know the software upgrade we get from Microsoft or our internal products, services, things of that nature. So, although I support the technology team, it's really a relationship business. Okay, and you've certainly seen a lot of changes in that technology in the banking business. Yes, and more to come. Yeah, yeah, it's quite a it's quite a change, and uh, it's for the good. I mean, it's it's moving things faster and more accurate. And yeah, it's yeah. it's an exciting time. It's got to be hard to keep up with the pace of change of technology, too. I mean, we're getting almost exponential on how quickly things are moving along. It is, yeah, and that's and that's been tough for our team members. And you know, unless you really embrace technology, that that rate of change can be really uncomfortable right. for some people. That's an interest because I think we see that in all industries. I know we see it in ours because we have people that are you know new and and, and I'll say younger and and adapt really quickly but people who are who have been seasoned in this job if if they're not somewhat technology savvy it is a it's a big deal and like randy said it comes so quickly for people it can be easy to protest those changes it can be (laughs) to to get in your own way right you get in the way of your your own self when you're you know trying to fight the progress there this is so true yeah. This is so true. But you have another job that that's, I do. You know, it's it's funny because Lynn mentioned we. Oh, met is this the job we're going to talk about now? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's pretty funny because we hadn't seen. We were obviously connected on social media, and Lynn and I stopped in for uh, to Starbucks for coffee. Uh, I think it was before Thanksgiving or sometime, and and I said, "Hey, it's Todd over there." And, and within just minutes, I mean, his excitement was just contagious about. <laughs> Uh, his new project. So um, let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about that project now. <laughs> that sounds good. That sounds good. Um, 
So my project is, is an invention that I came up with. And to give you a little background on it, I'm, I'm a hunter. And I was in Whitewater where when you hunt in Whitewater, which is a beautiful you know, park not far from here, mm-hmm. um, it's difficult to get in. You, you got you know, as much as a mile walk in. And so you spend a lot of time sitting there thinking. <laughs> <laughs> and while I'm thinking, I'm thinking about this idea of how do I you know, bring my game out and my gear and once I get it out, then all the different steps that we have to do to put it together. So Todd came up with this idea. Todd, speaking at third party here. That's okay. That's we, right. know who Todd, <laughs> we know who Todd is. <laughs> when you have so many jobs, you have to refer to one <laughs> third person. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Wells Fargo Todd interviewing the Excel Todd. Um, so I came up with this cart idea that combines a cart and a hitch hauler combination and I really thought it was going to be extremely appealing to hunters just because of the ability to get, you know, game and gear in and out of the woods. And as the more I thought through it, the potential for using this is, is um, amongst many industries, whether you're camping or tailgating or maybe you're just you're taking your family down to a ball game and you just want to have the cooler. And, I mean, you sit and watch people watch their children at these soccer games and football games and then bring in gear yes. after gear. Their little kids are carrying stuff, you know, as they're walking. Yeah, they're like, come on, Ma. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, the, the market for this is, is really large. And to kind of summarize what it is, which is it's hard to visualize because it's unique. It's new to the market. If you can imagine having a cart that once you get back to your vehicle, it loads onto a receiver hitch mounted rack and it simply slides up onto that rack and you put a pin in the front to lock it in place. And as long as you have your gear stored securely, you can drive away. So it saves the need to lift the cooler into the car, all the chairs and umbrella, hmm. your gear, whatever, whatever. Um, so it picks it up off the ground, and you, so you're not towing something with wheels. True, you're true. You're picking it up, popping it off the ground, and, and going home. Exactly. If it, I understand correctly. That is exactly right. And it's okay. really a hard one to explain, so um, maybe I can get my website address. Yep. might be a better visual for those of you that are listening and want to just kind of see, okay, what is what the heck is Todd talking yeah. about here, right? Um, you can go to theexolife.com. Okay. So T-H-E-E-X-O life.com and it'll give you a good idea what uh what the exo is all about awesome so you must do a fair amount of solo hunting to come up with something like that because i do every once in a while too Mm -hmm. and i'm thinking i'm walking quarter mile half mile from where i park my truck and if you're successful you're coming out with an additional approximately 150 to 200 pounds if not more than what you started with Yes. And if you've got a ground blind or your backpack and you're out for the day, your lunch and all that. Stands. So everything right there. Here's what I like about Todd. He was sitting out there by himself. Were you by Mm -hmm. yourself? Mm -hmm. And not wondering, am I going to get something today? He knew. He knew. And he said, when I get something today, (laughs) how am I going to get it out of here? I love it. That's what we love about Todd. So, (laughs) So this has... Two wheels. It's two wheels. Yep. And uh, carts is, is push or pull or both? You, either way. Okay. Yep, it would be capable of pushing or pulling. So if you could envision 
and I did look at the website, but I remember this conversation we had at Starbucks. So if you could envision something, a hybrid of a wheelbarrow type sure. situation. Yep. A wheelbarrow. Um, boy, what else could it be like? It's and, and, and you put all your gear on it, and then you can just buckle it down, put it on your receiver hitch, and drive away. And drive away. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing that makes the XO really unique comparative to um, some very basic versions of similar to what I'm talking about yeah. is the wheels lift up out of the way. So okay. when you load your cart onto the vehicle, the last thing you want to do is hit a little dip and tear your wheels off. Right. So the wheels do have a functionality that lifts up out of the way. And that's one thing that makes the cart really unique and very functional. Specifically, if you have a vehicle that's maybe a lower to the has a lower mm-hmm. to the ground hitch, you know, a van or small SUV, you know, something where the vehicle's sitting low, the last thing you want to do is, you know, take the wheels off. So this is like landing gear on a plane where it comes yeah. up. Oh, I like that analogy. That's yeah. exactly it. Okay. And um, did you, did I remember that you can tow this behind a bicycle? Yes. Yes. It's, um, so the... The front of the cart has the, has an attachment that you can get as an accessory that mounts to the seat post on your bicycle. So not only is there a, an attachment to mount to your bicycle, but you have to get your bicycle to wherever you're going, you know, if you're traveling with it. And there's an accessory that you can mount the bicycle to the cart as well. So you could have your bicycle on there. You could have your coolers in there. You could have some of your gear in your cart. Get to where you're going. You take the bicycle off. You hook the bicycle to the cart. Or the cart, yep, and you know, take off and do your day sure. trips. Or there's a big, um, I don't know if a push is the right term, but um, a common theme for a lot of people getting into bicycle camping. So okay. this would be mm-hmm. kind of a niche market for bicycle camping. Nice. Or also, just if you've got, you know, you're packing up and you're going to down by the riverside and you're a couple miles away from the park and you want to hit the trails and tow your stuff down there. You can put your chairs. Or the fireworks The fireworks yeah. would be perfect for that. Yep. So you, you do create that visual, and we've all been there. Whether you're talking fireworks, where we do, we all are carrying all of our stuff. We have to have our, our coolers and our chairs and, and umbrellas or whatever it is you're taking. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you do load up yourself and your kids and your friends. And so the fact that right. you could put this behind your bicycle, and that, that's just amazing. So can you pull this, I mean, like a, can you pull it behind you? Or Physically do you have to have some kind of a vehicle to move it? No, you can, you can pull it by hand. Right. Yep. Um, to port it, though, it would load on a vehicle. The wheels would be upright. You wouldn't be dragging it behind. One of the f- features that I'm still in design on is the ability to hook it to like a... ATV or a you know oh, lawn wow. tractor or something. So if you're doing lawn work, how nice would it be to go out in your garden, tear up all your weeds, put them in a bag, pull it out to your vehicle and load it on the back of your vehicle instead of putting all those weeds in your van or SUV mm-hmm. to take to the compost. You know things like that. There's so many potential uses for for the XO. So tell us about the design and where you're at in the process and how soon can we buy one. Yeah. He, he asked when you that you the be? last time we met, too. I know. I see one in my future, Todd. <laughs> Are you going to be in Costco soon? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Costco, you know, you give me permission, of course. I'm, uh, uh, I'd love to. Um, so that's a, that's a good question. I'm not 100% sure. Um, so where I'm at is I'm in the final design phases, and I'm secure, securing a manufacturer to help me with production. 
So just going through those last couple phases, which seem rather simple considering I have working prototypes and, and models, um, it's taken a little bit longer because I'm doing some final uh, engineering to it to create it a really light version, uh, make it strong, um, and make it production ready so I can keep my costs down. So it's, a, it's an affordable product to build. Mm -hmm. So to answer your question, could be as early as April, could be you know later in the year, preferably before fall. So tell us what this is made out of. What it, What is the material? So the cart itself is made out of aircraft-grade aluminum. It's strong, light. Um, some of the components on it will be made out of steel just where it needs to have that extra strength. The wheels that I'm using for it are solid, solid aluminum. They're aluminum mags. So if you're taking it into the woods, it has that durability, so it'll support all the weight and then some. And then the wheels themselves are um, foam filled, so they'll never go flat. So you'll never oh, have to worry about cool puncturing a tire, specifically if you're off-road or, I mean, it just you just don't want to be stranded, right? So being a hunter, I've seen too many people out there stranded with their gear, and uh, that's what I was trying to prevent. And then the last piece of it would be that receiver hitch that mounts into the vehicle itself, and that'll be made out of steel for strength. Wow. So you came up with the idea for, for hunting. Does that mean you have a camouflage version that you're going to come out with? I'm going <laughs> <laughs> to stole it under your tree. Possibly, no see possibly it. yeah. So yeah. the color that I'm looking at right now is kind of a gunmetal gray okay. will be my primary color. Um, once I get into larger production, then I can look at more colors. Yeah, I do want to do it's a... It's kind of a silly question. No, I, to, to pair up with that, though, one of the things that my goal with the company is to be able to give back. And I like where you asked that question because one of my passions is the military. Mm -hmm. um, I never served myself. I appreciate everybody that has. Um, my, most of my family has. Um, but I never did. I never chose that route. And I feel like this might be a way for me to give back. So I'll, uh, I'll have a version that will have a portion of the profits go to, mm. to the military, yeah, uh, ex-military. Mm-hmm. Haven't secured all that yet, but that's that's the long-term goal. And there's quite a few nonprofits out there you could choose from I, who would be able to partner up with you. That's a I great idea. So. I yeah. would think so. I would hope so. So when I watch stories, because I love stories about you know real mm. life mm -hmm. and biographies and things like that, and any time that I watch stories about inventors, I see a lot of frustration and disappointment before the final product comes Mm -hmm. to to be a reality. What do you do on days like that when you're going, is this really going to ever happen? I've invested so much of myself in it. Or maybe you've never had that day. Oh, <laughs> plenty of those days, honestly. <laughs> you know, it's um, I'm a positive person by nature, and um, it's not uncommon for me to solve a problem at 2 in the morning. I wake up in the middle of the night and know, that's how I can make this work. And... Um, but you're right, you know, I started out, when I decided to move forward on this, I, I watched a show called The American Inventor. He only did one episode, um, but I was just scanning through Netflix and I saw the show and I always see, you know, having that inventor mindset, I, okay, I gotta check this out. And it was to the point where it inspired me enough to go, I just gotta go for it. And um, so I started out making some, what I call proof of concepts. I made this out of wood, just mm. to see, cause I'm a woodworker, it, you know, as a hobby. And I love tinkering with stuff like that. So I tried a few different things, different placement of the wheels, different size wheels, and got to the point where, you know, this makes sense. This 
this works. So then I went to the next level and built the aluminum version. But overcoming all these little obstacles, you just constantly come up with them. And not only just in the design, but bringing that design to market. Um, you know, as you know, in, in, in real estate, you work with a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. And you rely on a lot of different people, and sometimes mm-hmm. they let you down. And, um, you know, overcoming those items can be, can be a challenge as well. Um, but staying positive, looking forward, looking at the end result, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's important. So is this your first adventure into <clears throat> inventing? Have you done this for a long time where you just think of an idea and you hit the shop and you go for it? Or was this the, the light bulb that went off? Um, I've, I guess I've always thought of ideas that I wish I had to bring to market. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always had this kind of an inventor attitude. And um, I mean, it goes back into the 80s when I thought about creating a website for dealerships to be able to trade inventory back and forth. Mm-hmm. It just, you know, the internet was barely, I mean, we had AOL back then and, mm-hmm. you know, so many internet companies that don't exist anymore. And today that's essentially the way they buy cars. Right. So mm-hmm. um, I saw a lot of these different ideas and I never took action on them. And it's scary. Yeah. Uh, and when you decide to go for it, you know, they say people come up with an idea, a million dollar idea mm-hmm. once a year. Um, but very few people, obviously, you just don't act on it. Act on life, well, you're busy, and it would be the fear factor. I mean, I mean, I think everybody. It's human. It's a human emotion. It's a human, you know, to experience fear. Yes. and it would be just stepping out and saying, "I am going to do this." Uh, first, you have to convince your family. I would assume. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, and the naysayers. And, yeah, yeah. Um, but but staying positive and 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 even bringing it to market and finance and all those things must have been a pretty pretty big hurdle aren't there yeah. shows um that where people like you take their inventions their thoughts and they present them to mm-hmm. and some of them move past that some of them are shark know. tank shark tank is that what it is I, i'm yeah. thinking about and and i'm not an inventor mindset but i'm thinking about things i've seen where you you go did you do participate in any of that where you go and you present you put it out there and see if somebody will bite on it or if they won't or did you just go have so much confidence in this that you said i'm doing this i didn't use shark tank yet <laughs> I get that question asked all the time. I mean, because it's a cool idea, and you know, it's Shark Tank is a really popular show, and it's a it's a great way to get publicity and obviously a big boost to your company. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm an addict to Shark Tank. I watch it all the time, um, and it's it's kind of funny that you talk through that. Is so my first chance to present this to a market um, was last fall, and I had a date with Gander Outdoors, Camping World, and Overton. There's one company that has three, three um, entities. Um, in fact, the owner has the show called The Profit, which is on right after the, um, the shark, the shark tank. So this, this was an interesting goal for me to get there. So I'm working with a small manufacturer. I need these prototypes. I'm giving them some leeway to get there. And so I wanted them done a month in advance. I can create all my marketing material and get ready to go for the show, practice. Well, I didn't get the product until 3 o'clock the day before the show, and my presentation was at 9 o'clock in the morning in Chicago. Mm. And boy, Todd was stressed. 
<laughs> and, you know, thankfully, you know, having people around you that help support you. My daughter, Carly, is just an amazing young woman and behind me 100% and pushing and um, <laughs> self-described uh, head of marketing and sales for the, for the Excel. You know, so she's, she's all in. She wants us to succeed, and she's, she's helping me drive this. So um, the stress that you have coming up to this, there was uh, a situation where it wasn't quite ready. You know, some of the things didn't go quite right. You know, we were at the last minute getting powder coating done and getting final assembly done for the prototypes. And, and um, I'm questioning whether or not I should even go. You know, you wonder, as you were mm-hmm. talking about, I mean, are there times where you go, this just isn't going to make it? And uh, my daughter helped support me. I said, you know, let's keep going, let's keep going. And we'll be all right. And we're coming up with ideas how to overcome these objections that we're, we're planning on having. And I get to Wisconsin Dells. And Carly says, well, can we pull over? I'd love to have a coffee. Yeah. All right, well, we pull into Starbucks. And um, I'm getting a little choked up just talking through this because this is where... It's okay. You know, yeah. it's where the... Um, it's where the... Um, you, when you're looking for a sign or need a sign, yep. it just shows up yep. magically. And so I pull in and, and uh, Carly runs in and grabs a coffee. And while I'm out there just kind of checking the bike on the rack and the rack itself, um, a car pulls up and says, what is that? That is intriguing. Uh. And I tell you, what a, what a way to light the fire back in me. Yeah. So um, kind of the moral of that story is, you know, you know, careful what you look for because you'll find it. And, yeah. you know, if you're looking for some reasons to quit, I had plenty of them. Right. But I also have, we're looking for reasons to move forward. And I, you know, I got that spark. And yeah, it made it a big difference. you needed. It was. Good. And that is so true because if you're looking for a reason to quit or not do anything, I mean, they're, they're, they're everywhere. I mean, they are everywhere. it doesn't matter what you're, what you're considering. Mm-hmm. And to find and push through that to find the positive and find the clues and find the is, is, is unique, makes, makes a person unique. Yeah. So we should get to the positive part of that. Yes. So after doing the presentation, um, and boy, it was, it was warm. I tell you, you know, when you're, when you're given the major presentation of a lifetime, right? This is, this right. is a life-changing presentation for me. I mean, I can, you know, essentially get my product to market. Um, they did decide that, yeah, they like this product. And as soon as I'm ready, um, I'll be in their catalog and online with the EXO. So wow, good for you! So it's coming along. It's mm-hmm. um, it'll take a little bit before I get in their stores. They want to make sure that it's a proven concept and their, their right. customers like it. But um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'll be off and running soon. Awesome. So off and running soon. Tell us when when do you think you'll go to production? Because I know you said you're you're talking to a couple manufacturers. When when will someone listening to this be able to to purchase that and haul their game out of the wild? Best case scenario, which hasn't happened as often as I would like, um, probably in that April May timeframe. Um, I suspect it'll be a little bit later than that. Uh, probably more June July. Um, but, you know, depending on the manufacturer I work with and their capabilities um, and their ability to ramp up to be able to support my production, um, we could maybe move quicker. How do you find a manufacturer? You Google that? Yeah, sometimes. Really? <laughs> mm-hmm. So how I started with some of the manufacturers I'm working with, 
And I've met with some here in town, and I've met uh, with um, in Dodge Center. Most of the people I've met through manufacturing, what I've learned is they're busy. Right. And unless you have an in to get in to talk to them, um, I had a hard time mm-hmm. um, getting people to, to look at it. And I've been able to find these manufacturers through referral sources. Uh, no different than you're finding your customers or your customers are mm-hmm. finding you. I'm finding... Um, relationships that have led me to a manufacturer one way or another. And, um, you know, I've had some challenges along the way, but everyone has been has been good. Good. You know, I've learned a lot in each step. So if somebody is watching for this, <coughs> they they want one, they can't wait to get their hands on one, um, How how tell us again how they follow along. How do they watch your progress on your website is that the yeah best if they place? go to if they go to my website there's an opportunity for them to click for more information okay and if they oh, um, apply on there or enter their information on there I shouldn't say apply but enter their information on there i'll uh, i'll keep them in my database and keep them updated as as the progress continues and tell it for their for the listeners tell us that website again it's the t-h-e exo e-x-o life.com the exo life.com so I would imagine it's a little bit like uh, being an author. Finding a manufacturer, is, an author has to find a publisher. And it seems like a first-time author is, you know, looking for publishers, and they get rejected yes. and rejected, and then they find the one who's willing to take a risk. So do you feel like you're close to finding that one manufacturer who's going to get you through this this next step? Yeah, I am. And what makes me so excited about it is this is a large manufacturer, and the idea... Um, went to them at like 10 o'clock in the morning, went to one of their sales reps that represents this company that I got a referral from. Mm-hmm. And by 2 o'clock, the CEO of the company is is contacting their local representative here in Minnesota to, to get it to me. Awesome. Oh, wow. So, wow. I mean, it went to their top of house, and he wants one. Ah. So. <laughs> He's probably on your list as well. Ron is probably on your list. Have say, you signed you need, up yet, Ron? If you need beta testers, we're, <laughs> yeah. yes. we're happy yes. to help you through we the are. initial phase. Uh, oh, I'm excited to have that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, that's wonderful, and that's great news that things are moving along. So it sounds like, you know, we've we heard a lot of just the beginning story and, and you know, yes. what you've had to overcome. But you're... You're getting really close to that finish line, so congratulations. I thank you. I'm super excited. It's um, I I encourage anybody who's thought about an idea and explore it. I mean, what's the harm in exploring it? By you know, everybody's so afraid that they're going to steal my idea, and it can happen, but that's pretty rare. Once you get to the point where it's you know you got a product that people are saying, yeah, I'd be mm-hmm. interested in something like that. Now go get your protections right. Get your you know, provisional patent. Have you filed for your patents and all that? I am that? filed for my patent. I have a provisional patent that I'm uh, working on right now, or I've ex- executed last year. So I'm I'm still on that provisional patent and waiting for my um, full full patent to be approved. Oh, wonderful. Um, and that's not expensive, by the way. So if you have an idea, search for that provisional patent. It was like $75, I think. Oh, my. And what it does is it protects you as an inventor so you can take your idea to manufacturers or you know present it in markets like this to say, hey, you know, does this make sense? Am I, mm-hmm. is, is this a, uh, a viable uh, idea? And you can run with it. Mm-hmm. 
You've also mentioned your daughter, and she's your mm-hmm. one of your biggest fans, and she's also, you know, created a position for her within your company <laughs> yep. for herself. Yep. Um, how, how is your family, besides your daughter, or as well as your daughter, how have they come behind you and supported you through this, Todd? Oh, you know, thank you for asking. I'm such a proud daddy, you know, and, um, you know, my daughter is absolutely um, encourage and support me um, in different ways. And in fact, the logo is designed by my youngest daughter, Sammy, her fiance. She just got engaged here mm-hmm. over Christmas. So, Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. I'm, um, whew, that was a big moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he designed my logo. So um, my wife is a good balance between supportive and challenge. She'll mm-hmm. like, you know, are you sure this is right? You know, she's, she, she isn't the... Um, like my daughters and I are like, we can make the world fly. You know, mm-hmm. we can do anything we want. And um, yeah, so it's a, it's a good balance. Everybody needs that critical thinker behind the scenes to say, you know, I'm behind you, but have you thought about this? Or yes. what would happen if you did this? Um, where, you know, everyone needs that critical thinker back there who isn't necessarily the creative person, but they can certainly see some you know, potential that you have to think through. Exactly. And yeah. finding those resources, I'll give an example, the Small Business uh, Development Administration. I don't know if I got that right acronym mm-hmm. there. But um, yeah, working with Rick, he brought some great ideas to me about things I I guess I should have thought about, mm-hmm. but I really didn't. So I was really thankful to have a good conversation with him to help me get through this, these next few stages to get to production. Awesome. So other people in your family, inventors, um, who, who is your inspiration? Who, who has influenced your thought processes, um, not just on this project, but in life, that made you believe in yourself that you could actually make a product and bring it, you know, bring it to bring value to people's lives? Who inspires you in that, Todd? You know, I think a lot of people do. Um, my grandfather... Um, was uh, had a Christmas tree farm and we just he had to be he's out in the middle of nowhere so he had to be very inventive on just taking care of the equipment on the farm and you know what does it take to make it work and um, I think that was real inspirational for me nice Um, and you know I've always been an entrepreneur you know not just being an inventor but an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. because it takes both right to bring something to market um spending most of my life in sales has been helpful because you're self-employed. Right. Yeah. And it's, you've got the backing of all these, you know, the company behind you. What's, uh, what's different with this is I don't have that big backing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just, I have to figure it all out myself. And I get a little background. I did some manufacturing when I was in college. I worked in a manufacturer and, um, did some packaging and all kinds of different things. So, um, so yeah, I, I and then I guess I became a Shark Tank addict, so. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's your inspiration. Well, it sounds um, like that hard work. I mean, a lot of, you know, it's been a passion for you. It's going to pay off. Yes. It's, it's right there. you got to take the chance. You. And I wish I'd have done it yeah. earlier. I wish I would have done it earlier. Well, and all of those little experiences that we go through in life, they may not feel like, but they're a, they're a piece of the puzzle that creates the person that you are today. They really do. And without that, there's there's something missing, a, a lack of confidence or a lack of, you know, how do I 
produce this or how do I stick with this or I mean there's always you need all those pieces to create the person that you are today that has made this product and is on its way to manufacturing so you do you can't do it alone right you can't do it and that's probably one of my biggest life lessons out of this one um, I try to do too much stuff on my own and I, I don't ask for help enough um, so yeah if I can give anybody advice on you know bringing something like this to market starting a business um, you know, being in sales, ask for help. And mm -hmm. you'd be surprised how quickly people will give it to you. Mm -hmm. You know, just got to ask. Right. Yeah. Right. You know what? If somebody can invent a pillow and make <laughs> billions of dollars <laughs> by making a new pillow, you've got this, man. You have got <laughs> Thank this. you. Like, that's one. I scratch my head every single time. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, um, so on a lighthearted note too, uh, do you are you excited to maybe live up to that movie stereotype of an inventor? You know that uh, kind of eccentric Doc Brown type from, from Back to the Future. <laughs> oh, you know, I don't know if I've let myself take my mind to that spot yet, but you know, I have looked at boats. <laughs> nice. Oh. Yeah. Soon, soon enough. You're right. Yeah. Well, Todd, thank you for being here on our podcast today. We really appreciate it. Well, this is the first inventor and probably the only inventor we'll have a chance to talk yeah, to. Yeah, it's been, it's, we really appreciate you yeah, taking the time. Yeah, you've kind of been an exclusive group of people to be an inventor. We so. have one, uh, one final question for you. Yes. So we live in a great city with lots of places to go eat. Where's your favorite place? Where's your go-to? Either for a celebration or you're just, uh, you need a, a go-to place to eat. Where do you, where do you like to go? Uh, you know, I live here in Northwest, so I hang out here a lot in the side of town. Um, probably some of my places, um, as simple as for like fish and such, is just down yeah. the street here at um, Roosters. I love their fish. They're busy. They're busy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a you know, it's a kind of a you know pub for those of you that aren't from town. It's yeah. a, but their chicken and their fish is just delicious, and their breakfast, their morning breakfast is really good. So, mm, good yeah. tip. Yeah, their breakfast, like on Saturday morning. Yeah, uh, if yeah. I come to the office, you can't there's, hardly get through down there because there's people lined up mm -hmm. on the road. Their parking lot's full. And right. It's all there for eggs and omelets, well, I guess. It is. <laughs> we'll have to it check is. that out. Yeah, so, yeah it's absolutely. a good, good little yeah. breakfast yeah. joint. Yeah. Often yeah. overlooked. All right, Todd Hansen, thank you for being here today. TheExoLife.com. We'll have that link on our podcast as well. T-H-E-E-X-O-L-I-F-E.com. Our email address is info at whitemanbrock.com, which of course is our web address as well. Whiteman, W-I-G-H-T-M-A-N-B-R-O-C-K.com, 507-208-2246. We are more than happy to help you out. As uh, we noted before, low inventory. Yes. We need more houses on the market. We do. We're happy to help you solve that problem. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.